All right. This is going to sound crazy. But I just got this hunch. Joe Biden's going to drop out before South Carolina and endorse Mayor Pete. Now, I I, I get that that sounds crazy. I, I know that that sounds weird. If you look at the Real Clear Politics average for national polls, Biden is still the leader by five points. But there's just some things that seem to stand out to me. And specifically, they contrast with what's happening right now with Mayor Pete. So let's talk about Biden for a second. Number one, fourth place was a disaster in Iowa. Number two, here's an article from The Atlantic that came out yesterday. How Biden blew it. The former vice president's Iowa dud was a long time coming. And you guys know that I am obsessive about understanding where these stories were sourced. There's a lot of unnamed sources here, but they are very direct at details of the campaign. Really embarrassing ones. One that uh, 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 point at problems with Biden raising money but also mismanagement of the money that they had. This is a direct quote from that article. At one point, aides realized Biden was on track to spend less on TV in Iowa in this race than his 2008 run when he finished as an asterisk with 1% of the vote. Like, that is intense detail. That's being leaked within days of the Iowa caucus. That's not a happy camp. That's a very, very, very contentious group of people. And in general, the more of those you have, the less well your campaign is doing. Like, this is not quite Kamala Harris levels of staff uh, uh, revolting and going to the press so they can fight with each other. Because by and large, there's not a whole lot of scapegoats in this article Aside from Joe Biden, remember that as we take a look at the New Hampshire polls, the New Hampshire polls, and there were a bunch of them that came out yesterday are all terrible for Biden. Biden, it was before the Iowa caucus in the low 20s, 24, 22, 2022. That's what I'm looking at here. All polls uh, taken in the waning days of January. So let's fast forward to February after the Iowa caucus. Here are the polls that came out yesterday. 12, 12, 11, 11. He snucks 117 in there, but even then he's in third place. Based on the Real Clear Politics average, he is essentially tied for the third and fourth slot with Elizabeth Warren. He was second in the Real Clear Politics average yesterday, Thursday, before all this stuff came out. Who's ascendant? Mayor Pete. Mayor Pete in the uh, uh, polls that came out yesterday. 21, 20, 19, 23, 23. The last one was a Boston Globe Suffolk poll that has him one point behind Bernie Sanders. Now, mind you... These are all polls taken while the Iowa caucus is in its biggest chaotic point that we have seen. So 
Do you expect that if Pete's getting that bounce with just that muddled mess, how much he will solidify it now that CNN is treating his win like this. You are holding a narrow lead of a tenth of a percentage point over Senator Sanders on the state delegate equivalence, which is the uh, metric that we use to determine a winner. What is your reaction? Well, it's fantastic news uh, to hear that we won. Again, those polls I just read off for you, they were all taken when things were far less assured about Iowa. And and, and to be fair, they're still not very assured. The, the, the state party's pushing back against Tom Perez, but the media seems to be moving on, at least if that's how they're handling those results right now. And they are letting Pete get his third big moment in the sun where he can hammer into people that he won Iowa. So let's play it out a little bit, huh? Let's go ahead and say that there will be a 1-2 Bernie Pete result. One that makes it very clear that Joe Biden just doesn't have it. At that point, here's where your paths are for Biden. You can see what's happening in Nevada and you can hope and pray that your poll numbers don't fall apart like they did as it got closer to Election Day in Iowa, as it got closer to Election Day in New Hampshire. You can tell anybody that'll listen that South Carolina will really put you on the map because you are unbeatable in South Carolina. Nobody runs as good as you. Sure, Bernie's going to be there, but you will be the answer to Bernie. But that brings up a very interesting question. What do you do about South Carolina? Because time moves faster now that we are actually into a world where voting happens. And if you are the electability candidate who can't seem to get voters to vote for you in an election, then things start to look very different very quickly. More so, you are already seeing the never-Bernie faction harden within the establishment of the Democratic Party. Mayor Pete, disputed as it might be, has come the closest to anyone of beating Bernie. I believe that there will be a consolidation around Mayor Pete, assuming that these polls hold. And if that's the case, specifically for Joe Biden, who has dissolved as Pete has strengthened, the question will be, what do you do about South Carolina? Biden's very strong there for now. We'll see exactly how the polls move, but demographically, it's a very tough state for Pete. There might be only a few ways that Pete could be competitive there. One of those ways could be Biden endorsing him. Now, before you say, hey, Joe Biden's in this. He's not going to quit. He's going to go at least to Super Tuesday. These are all likely things. But very quick, 
Let me remind you that in 1988, Joe Biden dropped out months before Iowa because he got hit with a plagiarism scandal. Let me remind you that in 2008, Joe Biden dropped out because he had a poor showing in Iowa. Now, granted, poorer than he did this time, but still, I don't think Joe Biden likes campaigning for the sake of campaigning. I think Joe Biden is somebody that likes to be the front runner and he doesn't like to lose. And right now, every time he steps off his bus, he's a loser. How long do you think he wants to do it? And let's say we start seeing some polls in South Carolina that show his lead there evaporating. How much does he want to suffer that humiliation? In short, I think that there is some quitter in Joe Biden, and that's the reason why I'm making this prediction. And it is at the largesse of everybody who supports us at TakePoliticsSeriously.com that I remind you, PX3 begins now! Welcome, 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 everybody, to the Politics, Politics, Politics program. My name is Justin Robert Young. Joining you in Oakland, California, in the studio for one more show before I head on off tomorrow to the Granite State. And boy, howdy, what a battle we are going to find there because, friends, this is looking more and more like a two-way race. We're going to break into some of the polls that have indicated things closing. We are going to talk to the number one Mayor Pete surrogate on this program. Folks, she's back. My mom. I I realize that now that it's official that Mayor Pete, at least according to whatever metric we're going to go on, uh, uh, that that he has uh, secured at least a partial victory, And if that's the case, then, you know, we got to have my mom on. She hasn't taken a victory lap yet. But first, let's talk about Tom Perez. I have been very critical of Tom Perez on this show. Tom Perez, if you are unaware, is the head of the Democratic National Committee. So you know, for the nation, he's the top Democrat. The reason why I've been critical of him up until this point has mostly been because of his debate rules. I thought that that the debates have been counterproductive, to be totally honest. I don't think that they have done a good job of building stars. And if there was ever a primary where it was very, very, very important that you build stars, this was it. Right. This this is the dawning of the day after Trump totally screwed up the Clinton blueprint. So now's when you build new stars. And some have emerged, but I don't think that they've come with the help of the DNC. I don't think the DNC has nurtured them. 
In fact, it looks like the biggest break that they're going to give is to Mike Bloomberg, who is going to totally skip out on one of the major rules that they had set out, which doesn't make any sense to me. Unless you want to incentivize waiting this long to announce your candidacy, and that might be a strategy. But I haven't really seen a lot of the logic in Tom Perez. But let me just say this. What he did yesterday was cowardly. It was bad leadership. And it does nothing but pour gasoline on an already raging dumpster fire. Here's his quote. Enough is enough. In light of the problems that have emerged in the implementation of the delegate selection plan, and in order to assure public confidence in the results, I am calling on the Iowa Democratic Party to immediately begin the canvas. So number one, there's a lot of they's and not a lot of us's in that. You know, this is a master class of passing the buck. You're the head of the organization. The Iowa State Party is a a vassal to your empire. So if there's a problem, then why don't you take charge of it? You're calling for? You're calling for? That you, you should not be requesting things. You should be informing. As you have all noticed, there has been a problem in the Iowa counting. We are ensuring the best possible results, and if we need to re-canvas, we will. This should be what Tom Perez is saying, but no. Not only does he totally sidestep any blame at all, and we're going to get back to that in a second, but then he says re-canvas, which I follow this stuff for a living. I was in Iowa. I don't know what re-canvassing is. I initially was like, damn, do I got to go back to Des Moines on my way to Manchester? Well, he had to explain it. Here, here is his second tweet that explained what re-canvassing meant. A re-canvas is a review of the worksheets from each caucus site to ensure accuracy. Yeah, okay, cool, man. That's a cool thing. Cool job by you. So a lot of people are upset. Not the least of which is the Iowa State Party. One of the best Twitter follows that I have made in this entire process. Big shout out to Iowa Starting Line. They have been great uh, about uh, getting Iowa information, but they had this comment from somebody in the state party. In fact, this is Jack Hatch. He is a state senator in Iowa that's currently running for the mayorship of Des Moines. DNC Chair Tom Perez is sabotaging the Podsign Iowa caucus disaster. It was the DNC who rejected our caucus plan and forced the IP to accept their app. I know because I assembled a team that received the IP contract. Then the DNC told the IP to pull it and substituted their plan. Also, if you, if you didn't get that, uh, it's a hashtag Iowa caucus disaster is what he said before that. And IDIP is IDP, standing for Iowa Democratic Party. But that's the frustration that's boiling over here. The, uh, uh, this entire thing with the app is getting blamed on the state party. The chair of the national party is sliding on away from it and calling for things to happen as if he doesn't have 
control over this. And then people in the state party are saying, dude, what are you talking about? The reason why we had a problem was because you demanded we handle things your way. This is a disaster. But here's my question. Does Tom Perez make it to Milwaukee? That's where the Democratic National Convention is this year. It would represent the second time that the chairman is in peril. It was the chairwoman last time, Debbie Wasserman Schultz. She winds up getting ousted as there are questions about how the DNC handled the Clinton versus Sanders primary. This was the first of the email leaks. But you gotta wonder, let's say there's other emails that are leaked. Let's say Tom Perez is just as stupid about clicking on phishing links. Let's say information tumbles out that makes him look dead incompetent. Does he survive? All right, this is probably the biggest news leading into New Hampshire as we preview what's going to happen on Tuesday. But three polls are out. And these are polls that have been rolling through New Hampshire periodically. But we're going to get a lot of these as we lead into Tuesday. Monmouth is one of them. WHDH Emerson is another. And the third is Boston Globe Suffolk. Now let's take first a, a look at Joe Biden. Joe Biden is 17 in one of them, 11 in the other two. For the record, he used to be in the low 20s. Iowa has gutted him. Elizabeth Warren, steady Eddie, 13% in all of them. That is about where she's been, if not maybe a little bit better because she dipped a little below that. But Elizabeth Warren looking third place as hell with 13%. But let's take a look at Pete. Pete was somebody that had been polling below Biden and Warren up to last week. In these most recent polls, it's 20, 23, and 23. But this is what's most interesting. Bernie Sanders. His polls are 24, 32, and 24. So he's got one big overperformance in WHDH Emerson. And if you look back at previous polls, they have always had him being very strong in that state, in the 30s. But the other two are at 24, when Pete is at 23 comparatively and 20 comparatively. What is undeniable is that at least by these polls, Pete has the momentum. But more than that, I honestly don't know what you can reasonably expect from a race where the top two candidates are finishing one and two in both Iowa and New Hampshire. It's a wrap to me. It's over. It's done. It means that this is a two-man race. Elizabeth Warren would have the best argument to say that I need to stay in because at the very least I'm third and maybe if everybody else drops out, if the Bidens and Klobuchars and Gabbards and Yangs and Steyers dropped out, then maybe I could 
realign in a way that would make me more competitive and make this a three-person race. But for everyone else, like, you, you got to shuffle it more. Things have to move. And this is why, uh, let me go back to Biden for a second. This entire time that you would listen to people, oh, so smart, so smart. Well, Biden's got a firewall in South Carolina, a firewall in South Carolina. Let's see him eat two fourth-place finishes, all right? Let's see him eat two fourth-place finishes and see if, 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 if the wolves don't come out. I mean, hell, I opened this podcast ripping him, saying he's going to drop out. I might be a little bit of a leading indicator, but I'm telling you, these numbers don't lie. These trends don't lie. I look at these numbers and I see mano e mano, moderate versus progressive. And the question that I would ask to all of you is, Biden voters, Klobuchar voters, where do you think they're going to go? Because I would guess it's Pete. I don't think that there's a lot of Biden-Bernie crossover. I don't think there's a lot of Cloby-Bernie crossover. Warren, you know, I think you could arguably say that she would, would, would slot more into Bernie's side, but... Let's play it out a little bit. I think Biden and Klobuchar are going to drop out before Warren does. So where does that lead us? Possibly with a lot of very, very, very frustrated Bernie fans. Politics! All right. Before we get to our interview, we have some business to take care of. First and foremost, that hand-picked, you can still smell the campaign death on it. John Delaney merch. We have some winners here. They wrote gong on the episode that we put up last Friday. Uh, uh, Sean Craig, you have one. One name, two first names, but Sean Craig. Trent S. and Chris E., you have one. So go ahead and send me an address to get you your merch at theyoungamerican at gmail.com. Of course, they had to go to the Patreon. The Patreon is found at TakePoliticsSeriously.com. That is where you can support the show. We have had a groundswell of support, the likes of which this podcast has never seen. So while I would encourage everybody to go there, and I will remind you that now is the time when these $3 episodes are at their most valuable. Again, with this particular election... On Tuesday, my final preview episode is going to be a $3 club exclusive because it comes out on Monday. But beyond that, here's what I would love to do. Now is the time that we are asking for you to proselytize. We are asking for you to go to somebody and ask them to listen to this show. Spread the good word. So I was talking to Brian Brushwood, my friend today, and he was like, you want to know what you should do? You should ask people to send in their stories of going up to a friend, going up to a loved one, going up to another student, going up to a coworker who you get the sense want. Some people call it unbiased. I like to call it just not an advocacy show. But however you want to put it, if you know somebody who loves that 
kind of coverage. Needs that kind of coverage. And you want to let him know that I'm out here covering this firsthand. Well, I want you to do it, and then I want you to write me an email, and we will read one of those emails during this plug, during the show, theyoungamerican at gmail.com, the good word in the subject line. And one final thing, we have a meetup on Sunday. Sunday, 5 p.m., Manchester, New Hampshire, at the Thirsty Moose Tap House. There will be a meetup of PX3 listeners, and I've corralled the old boy himself. Andrew Heaton's going to be there, and uh, it is it is going to be an absolute blast. So come on by and enjoy a drink with me and Andrew Heaton. That is 5 p.m. this Sunday, the 9th, in Manchester, New Hampshire, at the Thirsty Moose Tap House. Politics! Our guest today is someone that we have checked in on throughout this entire process from months before the uh, candidates actually hit the campaign trails. She is a very influential voter in the 2020 general election, being from the swing state of Florida and being somebody that is very eager to vote against the president. Ladies and gentlemen, Gloria Young, my mom. Hello, everyone. (laughs) Thank you for having me again. All right. Presidential vote receiver, Gloria Young, joining us yet again. Now, the the big reason why I wanted to call you was because obviously... Uh, for people who have been following, you have become very, very, very supportive from months ago on one candidate. Who is that? Yes. Mayor Pete Buttigieg. Now, you were early on him. Former you, mayor. Former, former mayor, mayor uh, Buttigieg, right? Right. Right, right. And now, uh, uh, I, I got to tell you, down there on the ground in Iowa, that Pete love was real. Like, like on, on the internet, all the cool kids... They don't like the beat thing so much, but they're in Des Moines. Didn't matter race, creed, color, gender, maybe color because he doesn't do really well with black voters. But uh, uh, they right. love, 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 love themselves some Mayor Pete. So, A, do I'm you feel really vindicated? I'm excited to hear that. Do yeah. you feel vindicated because you were on the Mayor Pete thing way early? Well, yeah, I don't really need to feel vindicated. I, you know, I've always believed in him and um, I'm trying to figure out why more people don't believe in him. But um, yeah, I was very happy to, he worked hard. He worked hard for what happened in Iowa and he deserves it. Why do you think people don't like him? Because I'll I'll tell you some nasty things that people say about him. Well, I'm really trying to figure that out. I've been reading a lot of different comments and, and trying to trying to get to the bottom of what it is people don't like. I have a feeling, quite frankly, that it has to do with him being gay. And I think a lot of people are struggling with that. Um, and beyond that, I have no idea why people wouldn't like him, other than the fact that Okay, he has he's not a senator. He hasn't been in federal government. Yeah. Um, but quite frankly, uh, you know, neither was Trump. 
Sure. <laughs> yes. He would he would at least have some kind so, of elected office experience as opposed to Trump. Uh, uh, all right. Well, let me right. let me let me read off some things that that are negative that beyond the homophobia thing. This is some of the criticism mm-hmm. to Mayor Pete. They, they believe okay. he is disingenuous, that he is hollow, that, that the things he says he doesn't mean or believe. I, I, I are you asking you want me to comment? I do. I want be... you to comment. I want now because okay. uh, for many people you See, are the you, just... you are you are the number one Mayor Pete supporter. You know, a lot of people listen to this show <laughs> and like nothing else, and that makes you the number one Mayor Pete surrogate. So I'm going to have you answer as if you're on his campaign. Each and every one of these, and the first one because they call him a rat. A, a rat is a big thing that people call him. That he has, he kind of looks like a rat. Uh, and, and he has rat-like tendencies because he's a rat man. Uh, that just absolutely blows me away because I find the man to be about as down-to-earth and level-headed and, and honest as as you could ever imagine in any political candidate. So I'm... I'm I'm truly struggling with why people would get that kind of a read from him. I, I don't see it. I just don't see it. All right. How Every about time the man opens his mouth, he's he makes a tremendous amount of sense to me. How about uh, the argument that he is a CIA plant and he has been inserted into this race uh, uh, by the CIA so they can own the presidency? Oh, that sounds like complete hogwash to me (laughs) that's got to be some insane little comment that was just planted in the middle of everything just to stir the mud yeah that's that's ridiculous you don't think that you don't you don't buy that then you don't buy that that Pete Buttigieg is a CIA plant designed so he could uh, uh control the government no I think that's absolutely absurd all right. Now, the it's big thing ridiculous. now, because the, the big fight, it seems like, is going to be between Bernie Sanders and Mayor Pete. Do you agree with that? True. Yes, absolutely. So the Bernie people who, who, who by and large. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, here's another one. Let me let me before I get to this one, uh, which is kind of the, the, the summation of everything, uh, that he's a Canadian bread price fixer. How do you respond Again. to the to the, the this one actually has something to it. But 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 when I when I say where, you know, where is the where is the, the you know the background for on on, that on being a, a Canadian statement. bread price fixer? Yeah. Uh so you know uh, uh are you familiar with the company McKinsey? Oh yeah, he used to work for McKinsey, yeah. right? So what they do is they worked for them years ago, right? Yeah. Right. So they're like uh, consultants for hire, uh, and apparently, when Pete was working with a Canadian grocery chain, that Canadian grocery chain got into trouble because they were fixing the price on bread. Oh, good lord! <laughs> no. <I> mean, <laughs> You know what my impression is about all of this what? nonsense? What? It's like this man is so squeaky clean that they are digging so deep to try and find some dirt on him. And there ain't a lot out there. 
And so they're just doing their best to just stir up whatever they can. I think that's ridiculous as well. Another absolutely, I think he's already explained his role with McKinsey. I don't remember all the specifics, but I remember him talking about it. He confronted it very honestly, very openly. I don't think there's any any substance to that claim. Would it affect your support of Pete Buttigieg if you found out definitively that indeed he had fixed the price personally on Canadian bread? No, it would not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, look, I gotta get the I gotta get the the, the questions out here, Mom. Like I gotta I, I gotta make sure because otherwise I people are just gonna it. they're gonna they're gonna harass me that I'm giving you a free ride here. Like like now you're you you've ascended <laughs> to this this lofty perch of Pete defense, so I gotta hold your feet to the fire. This is the big thing from All the right. Bernie people now, though. Uh, obviously, the Bernie Sanders camp from 2016 has had a very rough relationship with the Democratic National Committee. Uh, not only yes. going back to the primaries, but then the emails that certainly made it seem like the DNC was not exactly playing totally fair between him and Hillary. Him and Hillary, yeah. But yep, now yep. Pete has become the avatar of all that. That, that he right. is the special little boy that the DNC has picked and now they don't see him necessarily as a candidate. They see him as the tool of the establishment that is that is the new way that they're going to try and run Bernie off the road. Right. Yes. I'm, I'm gathering all of that from what I'm reading. Very sad. Why uh, is it sad? sad? Why is it sad? The way it has to be. I, I, I mean, it, you know, I... I guess this is why, God bless you, that you have the love of politics. But this is what gets me so frustrated with politics in general. There is always there always has to be a bad guy. There always has to be a back, uh, you know, a back channel. I I I guess I'm just hopefully hope hopelessly optimistic that you know human the good of human nature will somehow come through. I just, I mean, I just want to judge politicians based on their, what they're offering, their experience, their knowledge, and their potential. And it just saddens me that we are constantly looking to find evil and accuse someone of being behind the scenes to destroy another and and that just it, it just continues to baffle me sadden me disgust me I, I i just don't know what else to say about it all right let Very me ask you let, let me ask you some more reasonable criticisms of pete because i i did a thing on the podcast last week where i i kind of wondered aloud and this was in the context of whether or not he was going to do well in iowa which apparently was not a problem in iowa but what mm -hmm. is a legislative thing that he's hung his hat on? Can you name like the one thing he will do that isn't a reaction to somebody else's thing that they'll do? Because he has you know Medicare for all who want it, but that's a reaction to Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders Medicare for all, right? Like what mm -hmm. is what is the mm -hmm. one legislative thing that you're like, yeah, I'm glad he'd do that. Oh, you mean 
just other than trying to instill some normalcy back into our government again. So that's that, um, it, it, it's it's funny that you say that because when I ask people in Iowa that that's almost exactly what they got what what, what they got back to me and, and the feedback that I got from that podcast where where people were like you know he's about restoring honor and decency which that's fine right like that is certainly something that is at least calling to a significant amount of people but it's certainly not mm-hmm. you, you can't like go to this the, the house and say please draft me a bill restoring say, honor and decency. It's like, what, what happened? Do we no, all wear capes now? Do we have funny hats? Like, do we walk with a scepter? Like, now that we have honor and decency yeah. again? Like, you know, there's, <laughs> it's not exactly a, a tangible thing. No, I, I agree. And honestly, I'm, I'm not prepared to kind of give you my, um, you know, what legislative action will he be able to take? This is something else I can follow up with you, perhaps. In a, a day or two, but that, but yeah, but I guess um, my, my my larger question isn't to to press you on that, but more just that even if the answer is no, I can't name one, then that tells its own tale, right? Like like that you you don't have to have the one thing like the Bernie people have Medicare for all or the Green New Deal or something like that. You are just happy to support this guy because you believe he has the temperament to be president. The, absolutely. Absolutely. He has diplomacy. He has intelligence. He's served in the armed forces. I believe that he is going to take a more, um, you know, educated look and he'll he'll um, educate himself on areas that he doesn't know. He'll count on our professionals, our various departments of of the government to help give him information and so that he can make a logical decision. And that's really more than anything. I just want someone that has some intelligence and can weigh all of the, the, the pros and cons of different situations and make a decision not based on his, you know, his mood for the day, or whether he's pissed off at someone or some country, but more for the good of the country. And he's going to, you know, that's going to be the way he'll govern. I I just, I just want that normalcy back. Is part of it, is, is part of it that you just want to be able to forget the fact that we have a president sometimes? I want to forget the fact that we have a president named Donald J. Trump. Well, I mean, sure. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but part of what happened after Trump got elected was that we now all cared about politics 100% of the time, right? Like, politics was everywhere. And it was in the entertainment, and it's in the late-night shows, and it's on, uh, uh, it's on the tip of everybody's tongue. Politics has never been more popular, which, you know, great for me, considering I'm in that business. But... For everybody else, I, I feel like there is a, a thing to Pete where his boringness kind of works for him in that it's like you want to know like he's like 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 a, like a crockpot president, right? It's like he just seems sturdy enough. We'll put all the ingredients in, we'll set it for four years, and then we'll see what we get and in four see years. What happens? Yeah, but yeah, it's, no, I I mean I I do I I agree that that's exactly the case. I mean I've never been more and and not just myself you're right everybody that i know is is so much more aware of what's going on in politics these days 
and they're either for or against. There's nobody in the middle. And I've, you know, in all of my years, I've never, I've liked or disliked presidents before, but I've never been so, um, so concerned about the stability of our government as I am now. And that's, that's just really where I want, I want that, that stability and normalcy back again. I want that comfortable feeling. Even if I don't like the person, I just want the normalcy back. That's a powerful idea. I'll tell you what. Well, speaking of the absence of that normalcy, let's talk about impeachment. That wrapped up uh, this week, and uh, Trump did his his victory speech yesterday. Uh, Yes. This whole thing was started because Donald Trump made moves that could have kneecapped Joe Biden's campaign. So after three Mm -hmm. months of the impeachment process, Joe Biden comes out in Iowa and lays an absolute egg in fourth place. Uh, Do you think that that hurt him? That that just the impeachment trial and the fact that everybody was talking about it and there were like 50 million questions about, you know, whether or not Hunter was going to be there, whether or not that was relevant or like regardless. And and, and I think we, we had previously talked to you and you said that you were for impeachment, but... Like, regardless of where you lay on it in terms of what you wanted to happen, do you think that just the discussion hurt Joe Biden? No, I don't think so. You think he was just a dog candidate? From from what I have read, uh, I believe that Joe Biden just did not win over the Iowa voters. I just think that when they listened to him, that they walked away feeling not quite right. Like he's just not as solid as they were looking for. And um, I don't think, I personally do not think that the impeachment and all the nonsense and hoopla had anything at all to do with Biden showing in Iowa. Because he's tanked in New Hampshire, too. Like it, it, it's not he just tanking Iowa. in New Hampshire. Yeah, yeah. His his uh, before the this is the real clear politics average that aggregates all the polls. Before the caucus, mm-hmm. he was averaging seventeen point eight percent. That was good enough for second place, uh, seven points behind mm-hmm. Bernie Sanders. As of today, his average is thirteen percent. So he has lost wow. nearly five percent off his average, and now he is fourth uh, to Sanders, Buttigieg, and Elizabeth Warren. And Warren, yeah. Well, honestly, I mean, every time I listen to Joe Biden, you know, he's got a few moments of clarity, but most times I feel like he's struggling. He, you know, he seems like he loses his train of thought, and... um I, again, and I kind of feel like I'm sort of what a lot of other voters are are feeling. I just don't get the confidence level with him. But I don't think it has anything to do with the impeachment nonsense. Do you think that that in in voters' minds that's totally separate? I think so. I mean, for me, it certainly is. I, I had already decided you know, a while ago after I watched Biden on several of the debates 
that, wow, this guy's, yes, he does have experience. Yes, I know he knows all the world leaders. Yes, I know he knows all the inside tracks of all this nonsense, but the guy's just not sharp anymore. So you He's can not. Be, be specific about that because you can say stuff about him being old and rambly that I can't because when I do it, everybody says that I'm, I'm d- discriminating against elders, but, but you can, you can light into him. Uh, I mean, I have personally witnessed him just basically talking and then in midstream, he forgets what he was talking about. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that, that should be fair criticism, sorry, but, Fair criticism. <laughs> I, you know, I just, I, I wish that wasn't the case because, honestly, I, I know that we need a Democratic candidate that a lot of people are going to get behind. I know he's got the confidence of the black vote. I, I know that, I, and I wish that he, I wish that what I just said was not true, or, or that I'm wrong. I, I really do. I truly do. But I just don't see it. I don't see the, the clarity and the sharpness in him. And that concerns me greatly. Elizabeth Warren is somebody else. Is tremendous burden. Yes. So, I you mean, know, you got to be on your game. Are you aware of all the Hunter stuff? Like just like, like the colorful uh, uh, off the field career of Hunter Biden? No, not really. All right, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna name some things, and you just let me know if you want more information on them. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, got kicked out of the Navy for smoking crack. Uh, wound up leaving his family so he could date his brother's widow. Left her, so uh, and impregnated a stripper in D.C who then moved down to Alabama at that or an adjacent strip club. It was rumored that the strippers caught him smoking crack. Uh, He has then moved in with an Instagram model and married her within six days. She is now pregnant. uh, uh, So we would wait. We would wait on that. Oh, also he denied parentage of the stripper baby and had to be, had to have a DNA test taken uh, to prove that he was the father. So clearly the guy screwed up, but uh, does that really, does that mean that just because he's got a, a by Joe Biden's got a son that's. Oh, I'm not, I mean, up that, uh, like, know, I, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not to, saying, I'm not saying that that, I'm not saying that that disqualifies him from being president. Right. Although I'm sure some voters would take that into consideration. Uh, what is more damning from my perspective, because you know I like to focus on the campaigns, is that he's not really Biden. Joe Biden is not really good talking about it. He's very, he's obviously made very uncomfortable by it, and he would be running in the general against somebody that would do nothing but talk about it. Like you know, it, it, it's all right. fun and games. You can call for decorum all you want, but if you don't have an answer for when you know the the the. Uh, stripper with the kid are in the front row of the first debate like and that's all the news is talking about uh you know if if you don't have an answer to that then you're going to get crushed because that's all anybody's going to talk about well i mean first of all donald trump is not one to talk if we really want to talk dirt about past histories we could talk directly about all the dirt that donald trump has on his own plate not 
his sons played. And, and the bottom line is, you know, as a parent, you always want your kids to be perfect and awesome and, and super human beings. Of course, I have two sons who are. Yeah, because I didn't know. I didn't. I didn't know I had Hunter Biden <laughs> leeway. Are you kidding me? Oh my god! But you know, but also you know, you're not you're not hooking me up with uh, jobs on jobs in the Ukraine for like fifty thousand dollars a weekend. <laughs> if you were doing that, maybe no, I would I'm be not. a little looser. I mean, the bottom line is here. I am is studying that, like know, a like an asshole when I could be smoking crack, uh, cracking my way out of the Navy. And hanging out at strip joints. I could be smoking crack in the the, the VIP lounge, (laughs) knocking up strippers. Oh, geez. I mean, you know, again, if they're just looking for dirt, how does whatever has happened to with Hunter Biden's poor decisions in life, how is that going to affect the ability of Joe Biden to be president? He was already vice president, okay? So, and it it obviously didn't affect his ability to be a good vice president. Yeah, I mean, I know. I I, I really just, I I just, we don't don't need to, we don't need to go through this uh, because uh, look, if Joe Biden was doing well, then we would have a longer conversation about this. I just wanted to read off the Hunter Biden uh, Hall of Fame. Yeah, well, no, honestly, I I didn't know any of that. And thank you for informing me. It's quite colorful. Okay, there we go. He's obviously had some issues in his life. Uh, All right. Elizabeth Warren, I know that that at a certain point you were uh, uh, you were you were sympathetic to Elizabeth Warren. She had a disappointing Iowa. Looks like she's in in line for a disappointing New Hampshire. New Hampshire. What do you think the story of Elizabeth Warren is? Well, um, you know, I actually thought maybe she was going to have a better shot in New Hampshire because she's from that area. Yep, Senator from Massachusetts. And I, I really, right, I, I really thought maybe there would be some camaraderie between, you know, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, just uh, giving her a little bit of love. But, um, you know, I, I think she really, she really hurt herself a couple of debates ago with the Medicare for all and how she kind of struggled with that. And then she tried to make it up and she tried to explain it. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I don't know. I'm not seeing a, a lot of love for her and I don't know. I'm not um, not see. I'm personally not feeling it. She would not be one of my choices, even if she makes it to Florida. If she makes it to Florida, no. If if it's what between her and Pete and Bernie, I mean that would no. be the most likely. If uh, uh, if this goes the way that the polls seem that they're going to go, my guess is that. Biden, Klobuchar, Gabbard, Yang, Steyer, the, the the heat gets turned up on all of them to GTFO. Yeah, yeah. Now, you know, Klobuchar, I've kind of I've kind of changed my 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 impression a little bit of her, my tune on her. Okay. I I do believe that 
you know, she potentially could be a good candidate. Um, you know, she kind of has some of the things that I've been pushing for a little bit younger. Um, you know, she does have federal government experience. She is uh, aggressive and, you know, and again, she's been called a B-I-T-C-H, but again, you know, it's funny how an aggressive woman is called that, and uh, but a man who does that is uh, considered strong. So, well, I think the, the, the knock the knock on her sort of changed the, 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 my opinion about her a little. Yeah, the knock on her is that she is like a monster to her staff and like throws binders at them. Well, you know that's that's a little extreme. Yeah, that would be that, that would be a, that would be a touch more than just uh, uh you know uh, uh, a, a, a man who raises his voice is a leader and a woman who raises her voice is shill or shrill. That's you know that's it's slightly mm-hmm. different, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, if she if she actually does things like that, that's she's not going to have a, a strong team. And I was um, I was at her event. I was at know, her I, event uh, on um, on caucus night. You were there. I was there. I was. I, I saw her speak when and, she was speaking live when she was speaking on national television. I was there in the room. Oh, OK. Okay. She sounded kind of she sounded kind of drunk to me in the room, and I watched the video back, and she didn't sound as drunk on TV, (laughs) but in the room she sounded drunk. That's interesting. Uh, That's an interesting perception. I'm glad I'm getting I'm glad I'm getting this in because I had recorded a bunch of stuff thinking that I was going to put together like an audio night of, uh, you know, kind of retrospective of the caucus, but then nothing happened, so I didn't really have a lot. But that was like a large part of it was how much I thought that she sounded drunk in the room. So I'm glad I get to squeeze it into the podcast now. Yeah, there you go. That's funny. Um, anyway, you know, I I wish that that were not the case. I wish she didn't have that kind of a reputation because if she were the kind of a a leader, the way if she were able to to mobilize her troops and her campaign staffers the way Mayor Pete has. She could be the the leader without a doubt. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I, I don't know. I'm not I'm, I'm not in love with the way that she's run her campaign. I think that she's you know if if there had been actual results on caucus night, I think she might have already dropped out. But the fact that there were no results wow. for a couple of days and everybody moves on to New Hampshire, uh, then that's that's that. You know, maybe maybe Klobuchar is somebody that. You could think of as a vice president, but I think she's done. Uh, all right, so let's let's yeah. recap real quick. You're still a hundred percent Mayor Pete. You are you are thrilled that so many Iowans agreed with you and uh, were were uh, there for him on caucus night. I am sure that you are rooting uh, for him very hard in New Hampshire. But like I said before, New Hampshire, this is now a two man race, so. Are you ready to start talking a little spicy about Bernie? Maybe, maybe you got some words for, for for the Bernie fans out there. Stir them up. Uh, you know, look, again, if it if Bernie winds up the nominee, he's got my vote. Too nice. Okay? Too nice. No, uh, Mom, come on. If you're going to be a national surrogate for Mayor Pete, you got it. You got to get a little stronger on this. So you uh, just give well, me give me the most I the mean, least charitable thing that you can deal. say I'm about just, Bernie. 
no, I'm, I'm <laughs> again, Bernie's age is a tremendous concern for me. Um, there is no question about that. Um, I, I am also concerned about how, um, you know, he'll be, he'll be laid out there as the socialist and, you know, people only, they don't really educate themselves. They don't really understand the meaning behind what, you know, what Bernie really stands for. And it it just, it saddens me that people don't take the time to educate themselves a little bit more. Um, Now you're being way too nice. What's that? Now you're being way, you're just, you're just, you're doing promo for Bernie. No, it's 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 not it's not that I'm doing call, promo call for his Bernie. call Again, his fans I'm, call his fans freeloading cucks. Just just try it out. Just just <laughs> say it out loud and see how it sounds. No, 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 no. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> uh, I mean, my biggest concern about Bernie, yeah. I don't care about whether he's a democratic socialist. I don't care about any of that. My one and only biggest concern about Bernie is his age. Yeah. The man just had a heart attack. You know, I know how how tremendously stressful and trying uh, being president, well, I, I don't personally know, but I can imagine how stressful and trying it is for anyone. And I am truly concerned about if he were elected president, how long is he going to be able to 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 withstand all of the stress and pressure and everything that goes along with being president. I, you know, I, I worry about that. And unless he has an incredibly strong vice president running mate, I would be, I I still wouldn't vote for Trump, but I would be a little bit more concerned about voting for him for president. Do you think that Bernie can beat Trump? That's my big issue. Do I think Bernie can beat Trump? I do, actually, because he's just still has such an incredibly strong following from 2016. It blows me away. What really surprises me is how many younger people are supporting Bernie over Pete. Yeah. Yeah, People no, they your love. Age. Oh no, I, I know. I'm trying to figure that out. I just don't get it. Every bartender in Des Moines. I just don't get it. I checked. Every single bartender in Des Moines were all for Bernie, 100%. Why? Did, were you able to get the reasoning behind that? Why him and not the younger guy that's like the same generation? Uh, Why? The, there is just a whole movement. There is a progressive movement, uh, and, and they want strident, active change. And in the same way that you described what you want – is a a president that can go and just do president things and and let's let's not make everything a crisis where everything swings on somebody's mood. Right. Uh, they want they want the big crisis. They just want the crisis to benefit their the 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 progressive aims that they have. Like they they want hmm. a chaos agent that is going to affect real generational change. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. Well, <laughs> so, yeah, that's my take on, on Bernie. All right. Well, It uh, hasn't changed much. It's been my concern from the get-go is 
the age of the candidates. We got to get I think because this this one on one thing is going to go on for a couple months. Like, so I, I we got to By the time that we get to Florida, we, we got to get you a little bit more attack dog. You know, like we we gotta we gotta we gotta get you saying some mean things about other people. Uh, all right, mom, well, uh, I, I, I love you. I was really glad though that Iowa wound up as close as it did with Bernie and Pete. I, I thought that was, even though it was neck and neck, and the delegates are almost hand in hand identical, and yeah. you know Bernie got a few more you know votes. Bottom line, I was really glad to see that they were the two candidates that kind of rose to the top. So I think I think it does represent okay, a pretty good ideological choice for Democrats, you know, because they, they are certainly mm-hmm. not a lot alike. And, and many of them are you know, the things that rankle the base of the other uh, their candidate doesn't have. So I think it is right. It is definitely right. an interesting. It's not like picking two versions of the same candidate, which I think can often happen. Right. In, in a primary, right. especially with this many people. Right. Exactly. Mom, uh, okay. uh, do you want, I mean, now that I've, I've tried to make you pick a fight with all the Bernie fans, do you want to uh, give out your Twitter account? <laughs> do I want to give out my Twitter account? So people can talk to you. I don't, what am I? I'm at, at Glowbug Young, right? You are at, at Glowbug Young. Young. Yeah. Uh, that's it. All right, Mom, uh, uh, you I love you. You set it up for me. So. I did. I did. <laughs> uh, I, will, I will talk to you soon. All right. Thank you all for listening and for caring about what I have to say. Politics. And that will wrap it up for us today. I want to thank our Titanic $10 tier that only keeps growing. Dennis, Michael, Jonathan, Brad, Olan, and Angela. Zach, Chad, Andrew, Will, Peter, Christopher, Nick, Frozen Summers, Jim, DL, Lindsay, Steven, Squids Mixtape, Jaime, Adam, D-Laser, Andy, Paul, and Mike. You want to join them? You want to get those bonus episodes on Monday and Thursday, especially when I am on the ground at these primaries and caucuses? Well, you head on over to TakePoliticsSeriously.com. Go ahead and join the team. $3 level gets you all the bonus stuff. 10 bucks gets you read at the end of this show. Hey, one more note while I'm on the road. It's a great time to follow me on Twitter. It's a great time to follow me on Instagram. So both of them are Justin R. Young, but specifically Instagram, you're going to get all of these stories. And, and I've been doing the stories feature a lot. And that's a lot of on the ground stuff. Uh, and you can just respond to me and just tell me what to do. You guys are literally my only boss. All right. You want to email me, theyoungamerican at gmail.com. You can catch my free political newsletter at freepoliticalnewsletter.com. Till next time, this is your old pal Justin Robert Young reminding you that some shows talk about politics. I heard another one that talks about politics and still more talk about politics, but this is the only show that talks about all
Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>